What is up, Table Family? Okay, okay. I am so excited to be here with y'all today. My name is Josh. I'm excited to hang with y'all. Now, real quick, I want to see another show of hands of who had broken bones. I just want to, broken bones. Okay. Anybody ever had a broken jaw? No broken jaws? Okay. Broken finger? I slammed my sister's hand into a door one time and I broke her finger when we were like 12. So that's, yes, I know. I'm, the Lord's working on me. Any, any, any broken hearts? Broken hearts? Welcome to the table. Welcome to the table. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Um, wherever we are, Lord, in our brokenness, Lord, I pray that you just show up and you just be present. Lord, use my mess. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, I hate being weak. I cannot stand being weak. And today, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians where we find Paul in this interesting predicament with weakness, okay? If you don't know, Paul' name was Saul, and now he's Paul, okay? He was on the road to Damascus. He got saved, okay? And um, Jesus revealed himself to him. The Lord revealed himself to him. And Paul went on to do many things. One of the things that he went on to do was found a church in Corinth. Everybody say Corinth. Okay, he went on to found the church in Corinth, right? And um, after he planted that church, he left. He got some messages back about what's going on. And in 2 Corinthians, it's basically him penning a letter back to the church of Corinth. And as he's penning this letter, um, what happened was the people that was there when he first kind of founded things, they started to doubt Paul. You see, they started seeing that the life Paul was living wasn't as attractive as they thought it would be, okay? So they found other teachers that were more eloquent than Paul, that were kind of undermining his teachings. Paul lived a life of suffering. Paul lived a life of, um, uh, he wasn't the uh, most eloquent guy. He lived a life of poverty. He did what he had to do to make things happen, but, um, that was not appealing to the people of Corinth, right? So I can imagine Paul sitting there about to pen this letter, right? The wind's blowing, right? He got the radio on, right? Ain't no radio. Ain't no radio. Harry Styles is playing in the back. No, I'm joking. Um, I could imagine Paul sitting there. And the thing about Paul was like, Paul could have put his resume up against anybody's resume and could have blew him out the water. Paul could have went in and said, hey, I did this, 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 this. But that's not what he chooses to do. You see, Paul, instead of that, Paul chooses not to boast, right? Paul could have easily stunted on everybody. Stunt, okay? That just means to show off or flex one's resume or wealth, for those of you not tracking with me. Everybody with me? Okay. So, continuing his letter, 
Paul humbly recounts the countless trials he endured, refraining from any boasting. But he reaches pivotal moment in this letter where he was just like, probably heard this before, Lord, remove this thorn from my flesh. Can I see a show of hands if we heard that before? He said that three times. Not twice, but three times. Lord, remove this thorn from my flesh. I wonder what he was feeling. I wonder what that thorn was. I wonder what the weight of that was. I wonder if we pause from the story for a second. I wonder if we've ever prayed a prayer like that to God. I know I have. And here's a question I want to ask. Have you ever been tempted to hide or mask your weakness? We're going to come right into this. We're tracking them. We're coming right into it. Have you ever been tempted to hide or mask your weakness? You see, when I was 15, I found myself in the circumstance that I was, uh, uh, let's just say, jammed up. Everybody say jammed up. I was with a friend of mine. Go ahead and throw the picture up. I just need to give you all some context. Don't uh, judge me. But that is Josh all the way to the right, my right, all right, with the pink do-rag on. Go ahead and take it down now. Y'all got the visual, okay, okay? So I was just living this life, and I found myself in a circumstance with a friend of mine where we were in this position. We were in a car. We weren't where we were supposed to be. And next thing you know, I have a gun to my face, and... Police is yelling, get out of the car. Get out of the car. Fast forward, I find myself in a courthouse, and I'm, uh, we have a, uh, uh, I'm at court. A uh, prosecuting attorney is sitting across from me, and I'm here with my father, and uh, uh, he's going over the penalties for what it is that we kind of engaged into. But it was my first time, so he was just like, man, we probably don't have to get into all of that and, and do all of this. And my dad proceeds to say, send him to jail. Send him to jail. I don't care. You don't have to be nice. Send him away. Now you can imagine how I felt in that moment. I went black. I was just like, man, if I can be in this predicament where my father is turning his back on me, then anybody in this world is capable of turning their back on me. So I decided I will no longer trust anyone. And for the next 10 years of my life, I didn't know this then, but looking back for the next 10 years of my life, I was wrestling with trust, okay? I was wrestling with trust because in that moment, I remember praying that God helped me to, um, I remember, uh, no, in that moment, I remember feeling cold. I remember feeling detached. I remember though also living life and nobody knew a thing. That's nobody in this room. We're going through all of these things and we're acting as if we're not going through all of these things. We got a smile on our face. Welcome to Tape. Welcome to Tape Bow. Beautiful day today. But inside, we're dying. That was me, right? 
I remember getting to this point, no lie, I, I vividly remember by the time I was like in my 17s, 18s, I would just pray to God, like, God, please just help me to care. I don't even care, right? I don't even care. Help me to care. Help me to trust. And I remember feeling frustrated because I would hurt the people that I didn't want to hurt. I remember feeling powerless because no matter how hard I tried, I'd be triggered every time it was time to trust somebody. I remember feeling ashamed because I didn't want to struggle with this. I didn't want to struggle with not having, nobody else was having this issue. I don't want to struggle with this. God, take this away from me. But he didn't. I wonder if we've ever experienced something similar to that. I wonder if our emotions ever led us to the frustration of unintentionally hurting others as a result of our loneliness. So we put ourselves in situations that we don't need to be in with hearts that we were never meant to interact with. I wonder if the sense of powerlessness we face or you face when you're trying to overcome the, um, the sexual brokenness that you may feel, the addiction that you may be battling. I wonder if you feel the burden and the shame for just struggling with these things. Maybe you're just like, Josh, that's too deep. That ain't me, bro. <laughs> Everything you said, that ain't me. Maybe it's just that you lie. <laughs> You're a liar. You just perpetually lie. That's what you do. You perpetually lie. Or maybe you just worry a lot. Or maybe you are um, guilty of always trying to have it planned out. Whatever it is, wherever you may find yourself. Even if you do suffer with these things, I always, I, I, I would ask myself, why would one choose to admit that they suffer with these things? What is the advantage to choosing, to admitting that you suffer with these things? Nobody wants to experience the judgment that comes with saying, hey, I'm broken. I don't know how to trust. Nobody wants to deal with the societal pressures and expectations that we face to either in this world of being perfect and in this world of being super successful. I got to finish my college degree. I got to start that side business. I got to be hustling. Ain't no way. There's no room for weakness. Everybody say weakness. weakness. There's no room for weakness, right? We want to go, go, go. But tonight I want to challenge you to resist the temptation to hide or mask your weakness, right? Tonight is a call to embrace vulnerability and authenticity and to acknowledge that our weaknesses don't define us, but rather provide an opportunity for God's grace to be displayed in our lives. As we delve deep into Paul's story, we witness God's response to his, um, there we go. We witness God's response to Paul, and I want to go ahead and read this. This is in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and it says, this is after Paul says, verse 8 says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect 
and weakness. That don't make no sense, guys. How is his power made perfect in weakness? Sit in that for a second. That, that don't make sense, right? Because it doesn't make sense because we live in a world that's so countercultural to that, right? We value success. God values humility. We value education and wealth. God values weakness, right? So how do I know that God values those things? I know this because his love and power were made known through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. So the funny thing is, those guys that was in Corinth, Paul's weaknesses was proof that Paul was authentically representing the crucified, risen Jesus. But what they saw, they were not attracted to. But the funny thing is, is Jesus came to flip things upside down. And Jesus came, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is not the kingdom of this world. He came to flip things upside down. So what they thought was wrong was actually the conditions that God needed to work through someone. We just talk about being a vessel for God. How do we be a vessel for God? We, we're weak. We be weak. Everybody say, we be weak. Ain't even proper English, but we be weak. All right? So how do we resist the temptation to hide or mask our weaknesses? We lead with our limp. We lead with our limp. Table, this is one of the axioms that we live by. This is one of the axioms um, that I've heard time and time again, and I want to impart onto you guys. Lead with your limp. When you're in doubt, lead with your limp. Because can I tell you something? Not leading with your limp is limiting you. Not leading with your limp is limiting you, okay? Not leading with your limp places inadvertent limitations on yourself, all right? Here's the first way it's not. Not leading with your limp is limiting your relationships. I used to see this all the time. So I used to be a Christian hip-hop artist. I rapped for about 10 years, and I used to put out music. And whenever I put out a song, and that song happened to be about how well I was doing, nobody wanted to listen to it. But the minute I put out a song, when I was in my feelings, 30,000 plays, 40,000 plays. Communications is getting iffy. The fact that I chose to take a different road got people questioning me like I'm Willis from different strokes. The minute I started talking about my limp, people started tuning in. So I'm telling you, not leading with your limp is limiting your relationships. And I used to see this all the time. I used to see this where you see this person that's like, man, this person living a great life. They're on Instagram. They're doing their thing. They're just living this amazing life. But then they would DM me and be like, man, thank you so much for saying that. I'm, I'm going through this, 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 and this. So I'm going to tell y'all, table, I love y'all. I'm standing in front of y'all. I don't believe any of y'all if y'all say that you're not broken. I love you. I love you. But I don't believe it because I've seen it and I've seen it and I've seen it again and again. And if we can um, start to uh, understand that our not leading with our limp is limiting our relationships, when we hide our weaknesses, it presents this facade or this false image to other people 
And that just hinders genuine connection that you can be having with other people. We have groups after this. You guys go, have conversations, go and talk, share with, within reason. I know we talk about all the time here at Table that trust is built over time, but you have to start talking about that. If you understand me, say yes. Not leading with your limp is limiting your growth, right? You can't change something if you, don't, if you don't think it's a problem. There's no way in the world that you can change something if you don't think it's a problem. I'm married, Table. You know, God has blessed me. It's been about two years. And um, I had to understand that it was a problem if I didn't wash the dishes right after dinner time. If I didn't learn that that was a problem for my wife, I'd be in some more issues. You can't learn. I had to accept that, hey, this may not be a problem for me, but this seems to be a problem for you. So I had to accept that, hey, this is a problem. But we can't grow if we don't think that we have a problem. Number three, not leading with your limp is limiting your quality of life. It's limiting your quality of life. I remember for me, I remember, uh, let's say chapter two of my life was couldn't do no right, couldn't do no wrong. So before I kind of went on this, wherever I went, I remember just wanting to do everything right for my parents. Hey, you want to do this? Okay, cool. I was singing in church. I was playing instruments. I was doing all of this stuff. But then it got to a certain point where it was just like I was doing things just to keep up a facade for them. I was living a life that I thought that they wanted me to live. And can I tell you what that leads to? Burnout. Can I tell you why I probably winded up completely on the opposite side of the spectrum and jammed up in the situation that I talked about earlier? It's probably because I didn't stop to be honest with where I was in that beginning. I truly do not believe it would be that radical of what it was if I wasn't experiencing what I was experiencing on the other side. So um, not leading with your limp is limiting your quality of life. This includes, like I said, stress. It includes burnout. Concealing weaknesses requires constant effort and energy, and it leads to increased stress and just to potential burnout. Has anybody ever found that to be true? Anybody found that to be true? We got two people that found that to be true, four people that found that to be true. Y'all gotta listen, I work with fourth and fifth graders, so I just like just calling people. We gonna, we gonna crowd participate, we gonna do everything, okay? I like it. So I think um, as we kind of understand this, leading with our limp, leading with our limp table, we are at the table. We are a banquet for the, we are a banquet for the, if we are a banquet for the broken, we want you guys to come broken. But here's what, guess what? We don't want you to stay broken. We want you to grow. We want you to connect in these, uh, in these group discussions. We want you to, to start one place, but to end up someplace else. But you cannot start leading with your limp if you don't think you have a limp. All right, so as I kind of, bring this all around full circle. I want to give you guys two postures that I see in the text 
I want to give you guys two postures that I see in the text that I think is going to be helpful for us to start leading with our limp. If we're ready for this, say yes. If we're ready for this, say yes. All right. That's what I like to hear. Number one, I find it so interesting that the verse says, uh, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient to you. What stands out to me in that verse is, but he said to me. Because in the prior verse, he was pleading that um, God take this thorn away from me. So the fact that it says, but he said to me, means he said no. Right? He said no. And when God says no, we have to humble ourselves, right? Humility is the place of openness from which we can learn, grow, and change to become all that we can be. And when God says no, our posture should be to humble ourselves and accept what it is that he's saying. For my note takers, write this down. Strength that knows itself to be strength is actually weakness, but weakness that knows itself to be weakness is actually strength. Say that one more time. Strength that knows itself to be strength is actually weakness. But weakness that knows itself to be weakness is actually strength. We must humble ourselves in this journey of starting to walk with a limp. Number two, we must be reliant. Everybody say reliant. Now, (laughs) The only thing I hate more than being weak is relying on people. Can I get an amen? Okay. It is so hard to have to rely on someone else, right? Anybody play after school programs before? Anybody do like after school sports or anything like that? Okay. You have to find your way home. I used to play football, believe it or not, with this frame, but I did. I used to play football, okay, and um, my parents, uh, let's just say I never had a ride home, so I had to be reliant on my friends to be able to give me rides, and you know how inconsistent that can be. You know how inconvenient that can be. That is what God is asking from us. He wants you to be inconvenienced. He wants you to, uh, for it to be inconsistent. He wants you to come back to him. I thought this was so funny. It says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God didn't give Paul an explanation. He gave him a promise. He didn't give Paul an explanation. He said, God, take this away from me. Three times, God, take this away from me. God, take this away from me. He ain't even address what he said. He just said, my grace is sufficient. He gave him a promise. He didn't give him an explanation. So sometimes whatever thorn it is that we feel like we're dealing with, God, why me? Why is it this? Why? And I'm not even, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me because I know there's still things that I wrestle with, these thorns. And it's like, God, this don't make sense. Here's my promise. I, I, I don't owe you an explanation. Hold on to my promise. And that promise is better than an explanation. Amen? So, as we wrap up, I want to close with this. Leading with our limp empowers us to embrace our weakness and trust in 
God's abilities rather than trusting in our own abilities. Right, so I talked about the story a little bit earlier and just how I had to wrestle with trust and um, I still continue to wrestle with trust, but it's been a while now and I feel like God's been working on me and I had to do the work. I had to do the counseling. I had to do the stuff. I'm still working through things, but I just remember um, uh, getting engaged and I remember just being terrified, being terrified, not because of my lovely wife, but just because of the vulnerability that it takes to um, put yourself out there with someone else. The trust that it's going to take to be able to navigate that whole world. And I'm not saying that, um, uh, that it's perfect by no means, but I feel like it's progression, right? It's, perf- it's not perf- perfection, it's progression. And I feel like God has just slowly been working and working. And I'm shocked because I tell her all the time where I'm just like, I don't think you understand the person that I am today versus who I was. I don't think you fully get it. I mean, the picture, you might have a little bit got it, but I don't think you fully understand who I was. And let me tell you something. If I wasn't leading with my limp, God would never get the glory in my story. If I was dimming where it is that he actually brought me from, you guys would never fully understand it. You don't understand that I barely graduated high school. I graduated top 10% from the bottom of my class, okay? You don't understand that journey. You don't understand how he's been there for me time and time again. You You don't see that. But if I hide that, if I choose to come up here and act like I have it all together, you don't get to see what type of God that we serve. I'm doing you a disjustice. So guys, I would just urge you, I urge you, I urge you as I'm about to pray for us. Lead with your limp. Lead with your limp. The table is for broken people. We want y'all limping. Lead with your limp. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you. Uh, I thank you for this opportunity to be able to uh, speak to these people. Lord, I pray that your word permeates in the hearts of everyone. I pray that you just start to show people where they may be holding on to wanting to be strong, where they may have weaknesses they just don't want to acknowledge, where they may have to take that next step, Lord. I pray that you don't just point that out, Lord. I pray that you provide the groups for them, the community for them to find, for them to start healing, Lord. Um, I pray that they start healing, Lord, and I pray that they start growing and moving towards you, Lord. I thank you for the table, Lord. I thank you for the brokenness that's all up in this place, Lord, because this just means it is a field for you to be given glory, for you to be able to shine through, Lord, as we accept the things we don't like about ourselves, the things you've already accepted about us, Lord. I am just grateful, and I am grateful to see what will come of it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.